Hello, my name is Lexi Davis. I'm a self-discovery coach, a yoga and meditation instructor, a love enthusiast, and a really playful human being. I serve people through my business, Alive to Enjoy, and this is Heart Snuggles, a holistic wellness podcast where I invite guests to drop into their heart space through authentic conversations and compassionate intentions, all in mini cuddly episodes, hoping that you connect to your truth in the most authentic version of yourself. I hope you enjoy. Welcome everyone to Heart Snuggles. We're so happy you're here today. And I brought my acupuncturist, which I'm so excited to share her with you all. So go ahead and give yourself a little intro. Hi guys, I'm Kelsey. I am a doctor of Eastern medicine, acupuncturist and herbalist and trauma-informed meditation and yoga teacher. Um, So excited to be here. I met Lexi, I guess it's been, it feels like it's been longer, honestly. During COVID, I met Lexi and um, I have been just immersed in this medicine for the past decade. I'm so passionate about it. It's really helped me heal in so many different areas of my life. And I'm just here to spread it and share it with my clients and my patients. And yeah, I feel like we all have the ability to tap into the wisdom of our bodies. We just have to get still enough to do it. And that's kind of what I teach and really empower my people to, to do. So, yeah. Yes. I love coming to see you. And it's so beautiful too. Cause you, yeah, like you just said, like you, you're empowering your patients. You're not just like, you need me to heal you. Like you're dependent on me. It's like you teach them about their bodies and about what's happening. And, um, you help them connect the dots or you help, I'll just speak for myself, but yeah, you help me connect the dots and you make, yeah, it just makes sense. Like, oh, this is happening because of this. But before we go into that, let's chat about how you got into Chinese medicine and trauma informed healing. Of course. Yeah. So I feel like my journey, it started pretty young before even Chinese medicine. When I was in seventh grade, my dad actually, he had a heart attack and he was 40 years old at the time. So super young and it's all about genetics. And we have that gene mutation, the MTHFR gene. So when that happened, it really just changed our whole life. Like my whole families, we changed our lifestyle, our nutrition, just our outlook on life. We started to travel more And that was really, I believe, like the seed planted that really sprouted my passion for for wellness. And it's just been growing ever since. Um, When I was in my early 20s, I started to deal with chronic health issues. And I was in my undergrad. I was stressed out. I was a vocal major in, in Philadelphia and just not in a good space. I was taking anxiety medication. I was taking Xanax for sleep. I was having panic attacks. And I was also using exercise to kind of compensate for that. And I started to lose like a lot of weight. I lost my period. Um, It was just a lot of things happening at once. And when I went to the doctor, they didn't really look at it as one thing that was causing it. It was all these different symptoms where really it was one root cause. You know what I mean? So eventually I was diagnosed with a spinal disorder, spondylolisthesis, which is like a fracture and a slip disc in in the spinal vertebrae and mine was in my L5 S1. So I started to deal with chronic pain after that. And it was just, I don't know, it was a dark place in my life at that time. And, but at the same time, I'm grateful for it because it helped me, it helps me get to where I am now. And I started to really get into my yoga practice, my meditation practice and try out all these different healing modalities. And eventually I came across an Eastern medicine doctor and I had instant relief. So I kept getting treatments. I kept going back and doing regular sessions. And through that, 
all these different areas started to heal. It wasn't just the pain that was dissipating, but my mental, emotional body was healing. The spiritual, everything was just aligning, got my period back and my skin was healing. So that was really a huge part of big part healing part of my life. And, um, yeah, eventually I decided to go back to school and do my doctorate and yeah, I've did my four year out here in San Diego and I've been practicing here since. Mm, so beautiful. What a big journey you've been on. And, um, it's, it's so interesting when you reflect back to see like, okay, this is actually when it started, like this moment and with your dad. And that's so great that your family was even open to trying out new things and to really like, you know, making a change for everyone in the family when that happens. So that's, I'm glad that happened for you too. And then, yeah, it sounds like it was super dark place. Like anytime we have pain in our body or things go wrong, it's like we, our mental well-being immediately shuts down and we like forget like how connected our bodies are like our messengers. And I think as you, you promote this all the time, but it's really true. And we are so disconnected from that. So can you maybe go into talking about like how emotions are in our bodies and how um, Chinese medicine works with that? Yeah. So in, in Eastern medicine, Chinese medicine, each emotion kind of correlates with a different organ system. So for example, the kidneys are related to fear. So if we're experiencing a lot of fear and it can be around anything, it could be around money, it could be around the future. Um, a lot of times we're not even aware that we're experiencing fear and that can cause an imbalance within the kidneys and not necessarily like the kidney organ, but more of the energetics of the kidneys and this meridian that runs and actually attaches to the kidneys in TCM. Um, some symptoms that you might experience if you are having a kidney imbalance from fear, you might have low back pain, you might have knee pain, um, constipation, ear ringing, low, low pitched ear ringing, insomnia, dry skin, infertility, night sweats, all of these things are, they correlate with the kidneys. Um, and then spleen, if there's a spleen imbalance that correlates with worry. So a lot of students experience this, people who are constantly thinking in their head, um, they'll start to have spleen imbalances. So the spleen is really correlates with the, the gut in Western medicine. So it's digestive symptoms, um, loose stools. You might be tired after eating. Um, and yeah, scanty periods, insomnia, this all correlates with the spleen. And that's definitely a big one. And then the liver correlates with anger. And this can show up with PMS symptoms, digestive issues, swollen breasts, mood swings. And the liver is definitely, we all have something going on with the liver. You always have to work on the liver. You always need to work on the spleen. Um, and if one organ is out of balance, it will affect the others. So if the liver is excess, you will have a spleen deficiency oftentimes um, if liver is overacting on spleen. And then the heart correlates with joy and shock. So if you have excess joy, if you are, if you experience any type of trauma or shock to the body, this can cause dream disturbed sleep, palpitations, poor memory, insomnia, anxiety, vertigo. These are all related to the heart. And then the lungs, this correlates with grief. So any type of loss or sadness, breakups, this all will reflect the lungs. Um, asthma, this can show up as asthma, allergies, any lung symptoms, shortness of breath, um, spontaneous sweating, things like that. And yeah, those are like the main, the main yin organs that, that we look at for the, the emotions. Yeah. It's so fascinating. I remember when I first learned that I was like, wait, wait. 
I was like, this all makes sense. But like, as soon as you describe it and like, even the little things, like I had no idea that a ringing in my ear meant something. It's just like, Oh, you know, my dad has that or, Oh yes. You know, people have that. And, and, or just like the little bit of gut issues, like we normalize things and, and it's like, actually, this is trying to tell us something like these, all the little symptoms are, are meaningful. And so I think it's really important to highlight that. Oh yeah, definitely. I know it's pretty crazy how it manifests in the body. So it's just good to have awareness, you know, and bringing that awareness. Cause a lot of times we don't even know it's happening. I know I didn't at least until I had, I was working with someone and they, they showed me and they, you know, had conversations about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are some of the other like small symptoms that people don't realize? Um, like I know there's like spots in the eyes. Um, Oh yeah. So the tongue, well, the the floaters in the eyes, that's related to liver blood deficiency. Um, the tongue, you can actually see, that's what you said, right? Tongue. Yeah. Yeah. The tongue, you can see all the different organs. So on the tip is the heart, the sides are the gallbladder and liver. Then the center is the stomach and spleen. The back is the kidney. Then the, it goes, the heart is the tip. And then the lung is right behind it. Mm. You can see all the different organs and we work with the pulse. So we feel for the different organs on the pulse. And then through the questioning and through looking at the tongue, we can see what is imbalanced and what is off in that person's constitution. So it's pretty cool. I know you always are like, how was your sleep? It's like, <laughs> if I had a bad night of sleep. You always know <laughs> after you yeah. look at your tongue. It's so crazy. Yes. The heart pulse is always down if, this, if the sleep has been off. Mm, yeah. It's so cool. And it's just like, it provides so much, so many answers. And I find a lot of us I personally was like stuck, not receiving answers, just receiving antibiotics and not getting any progression and just constantly getting the same thing over and over again. And I was just felt so defeated. And like, this was the rest of my life. Like I was doomed. And so going into Chinese and Ayurveda and naturopath, like I started to like really get the answers and like understanding of, oh, my body, there's a reason it's doing this. And like you said, it's attached to one root cause usually, which then breaks off into affecting so many parts of the body. Hmm. Yep. Totally. Yeah. So I know that you're also really good with acne. So will you describe um, what you do for that? Of course. Yeah. So with acne, usually there's a lot of different components. It depends on the person and what they're eating, but usually the nutrition is huge processed sugar, um, working with the liver and detoxification pathways. Cause we all have different, different things going on with our liver the emotions are always related to that as well. Um, but usually the first thing that I do is even working with the cycle is huge. That was a big one for me working and syncing with the cycle, the different phases, um, syncing your exercise to the different phases. That's huge because if we are in this constant fight or flight, go, go, go mode, our nervous system never comes down and constant exercise will, will affect that. And we'll keep it up in that fight or flight mode. Um, also eating foods that are supportive for the gut. So a lot of times we think raw vegan is really helpful. And I was a raw vegan for a long time and that actually affected my skin. So now I do a lot of cooked foods, cooked nourishing foods, bone broths. Most of my veggies are cooked. And this comes back to the spleen. The spleen loves cooked foods. So, um, it really depends on the person, but for me, that was what I had to focus on. And then there's herbs that you can do to help regulate what's happening internally. The toxicity herbs are great. It could be a blood deficiency that's causing the acne too. 
Um, but there's a lot of different, different things that could be happening. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting, like looking at that for each individual, I'm sure too, because it's like, there isn't just a one thing. And that's what I also love about Chinese medicine. It's like every person is there, has their own stories and their own journey. And so it's like, yes, it could be a broad spectrum, but you can tailor it to each person to see what their specific need is. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and you briefly touched on the cycle. So in case people don't know that, because I, I, I did this like 30 day hit challenge at this gym in Australia. And it was like, you, there's going to be a winner at the end of the month for whoever got the most transformation. And I went full force. I was like, I'm doing this. I did the diet, I did everything. And at the end I like was in worse health. And I was like, wait, what? And because my nervous system, like you were just talking about was on overdrive the whole time. And couldn't calm down. My nervous system was already like freaking out. So it did not need that. And so I think it'd be great if you could describe that a little bit more too. Yeah. So the different, like more about the different phases. <clears throat> yeah. With exercising and your phases of cycles for women. Yeah. So there's four different phases in the women's cycle. So we have the men, the menstrual period, which is like around days one through seven, it could be one through four, depending on the person. Um, and then the second part is the follicular phase. So this is our yin phase. And during the yin phase, you want to be doing more creative things that get you out of your comfort zone. So like dance, maybe a different type of yoga class, things that help to stimulate the brain, that type of exercise, um, get outside, go rollerblading, go on a, a hike that you've never done before, things like that. And then when you come into ovulation, this is our yang phase. And this is where you can do more of that hit cardio um, high intensity exercise. And you'll, you'll feel it. You'll have that energy during this phase because you're just more energized and that's the yang of it. Um, and yeah, so that would be, that would be the yang phase, which is ovulation days 12 through 14 ish. Everyone's a little bit different. Um, but you can always figure out when you're ovulating based on your temperature. So if you're taking your temp each morning and you can see when it rises, if it stays up for three high temps. And then we come into the luteal phase, which is kind of like the PMS phase people look at it as, but it's the chi phase. And this is when we start to experience PMS symptoms, maybe more livery symptoms. So you want to do things that are more grounding, maybe weights. I wouldn't do like crazy hit exercises, but you can definitely do, I don't know, you could do hiking, yoga, things that are grounding and strength. I think strength is pretty good for this phase too. Um, and yeah, and going back to that for each phase, we do different acupuncture points to help regulate the different phases. And then there's different herbal formulas that you can do within each phase to help regulate, depending on what's off in the person, which what's imbalanced within their constitution. Um, and then the menstrual phase, this is the, when we're bleeding and during this period, it's more of like an, going internally. It's our, you know, we want to be doing more gentle exercise. Walking is really good, especially if you have that blood stagnation, any clotting or pain, it's good just to move a little bit because you want to get that blood flowing. Um, I like to do a little gentle walk on my first few days. You can do gentle yoga, but I would not do anything crazy. That's for sure. Um, and just a lot of warming foods during this period. So bone broths, stew, soups, stews, blood nourishing foods, beets, red meats, if you eat red meat. Um, but I like this time. I've actually loved, I've learned to love this period of my cycle because it's when we're most intuitive. It's like 
you can get a bird's eye view on your life and really plan for the next month and set your goals during this period. So it's a good time to get quiet with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I've really been practicing that too. And like honoring and set and changing my language. I've talked about this in a previous episode about like enjoying my period instead of being like, Oh, that sucks. You know, or like any of those things. It's like, actually, this is such a beautiful time to give back to myself and to not give to anyone else and like fully go inward and something we all should be practicing anyways. And so it's that great time. Like, okay, this is a time every month that I have to do this or I get to do this, you know? And, um, if more of us can start doing that and just watching it, like you said, like our intuition is so strong then we're so reflective and like, there's so much clarity that comes during that time. If we just flow with it and allow what our body is like trying to have us do, which is rest. Exactly. And I know our society does not teach us this. They should teach us this in school, like mm-hmm. growing up, you know, it would make such a difference, but it's so important. So, and yeah, and you can even do, you can do herbs during this period, during the menstrual, when you're bleeding. It's more of like moving herbs. So like Taohong Sibutong is a formula. Guajir Fulingwan is warming, especially if you have pain. Herbal medicine is really great for helping with any type of pain. But if you are cycle syncing and you are regulating your exercise and your nutrition um, th- for each phase, you shouldn't have a lot of pain. I've seen most people kind of get rid of that through, through doing these, these practices. Oh yeah, it's so beautiful. And that's another thing that's normalized. It's like, no, no, no. Pain isn't, isn't, shouldn't be, isn't normal. It's like, it's common, but that's because so many of us are out of balance with our bodies. And, um, that's, it's important to see a practitioner that knows what they're doing, like Chinese medicine. It's like, it's so beautiful to like, actually know that you can live a different way and live more pain-free. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And I also want to touch on, um, like trauma because you specialize in that. So tell us like how trauma manifests in the body and Um, how to help people can start healing that. Yeah. So trauma, this is a big one. I actually just did my teacher training on trauma for my 300 hour. And it's just important to work with someone who is trauma informed because there's a way that you want to approach it. You know, there's things that you want to say correctly and things that, I don't know if you've experienced any type of trauma, there's little T trauma, there's big T trauma. We all have some level. So it's good to just have that awareness. Um, but with acupuncture and herbal medicine and nutrition for it, it's so great for it because it helps to regulate the heart. And when we experience any type of shock, this causes imbalances within the heart and it can affect our sleep. It can cause palpitations, PTSD. There's so many ways it can manifest in the body and even just holding it, you know, holding it in different areas. Some people hold it in their shoulders, in their chest, in their low back. Um, So it's really great for bringing that awareness to it and really reflecting and doing like shadow work almost where you can see where it's manifesting, but acupuncture specifically helps to increase blood flow to certain parts of the brain that are affected. So it helps to bring that blood flow back to the prefrontal cortex, which is the front part of the brain. Um, And when we go through that trauma, there is a lack of blood flow to that area. So it's so helpful. And also the ear points are great. You can treat the whole body with the ear. And a lot of people use the NADA protocol. There's another protocol that they use for a lot of the vets, but um, it's just really great for processing and helping to regulate the nervous system back to where, where it should be. Yeah. And the nervous system is so important. It like runs everything. It's the communication system for our body. So to get that back into homeostasis is essential. 
And it's really cool too, like when you're doing acupuncture, like when you start to feel the the energy move in your body and like you get a point, it's like, woo, like sometimes you feel it when you put the needle in and that's like, okay, there's some block chi here. So will you describe that maybe too? Yeah. So yeah, sometimes you can feel it. Some people are more sensitive, I think, and they can feel more, or if you've had caffeine, I feel like it's a little hard to feel the energy energies moving. But yeah, I feel like if it's, if it's, if you're spot on, on a good point, like you, you will feel it. Not always. Some people don't like to feel it. Honestly, I don't like to have that big, like muscle jump. I like a more gentle approach. So everyone has their different techniques, but yeah, when through palpation, you can kind of figure out which points to do if it's tender. Um, but yeah, I hope I answered that question. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was just saying it's interesting too. like after you remove, like at first you feel it and then it's like, whoa, you start to really relax because the energy is now flowing and your body can like it's doing its own magic. You like you just lay there and I get so relaxed every time I'm on the table. I'm like, OK, like my mind calms down, like my body feels better. And it's just so quick and it's just like magic to me. <laughs> I know it's pretty cool. It's basically what it's doing. The needles are stimulating those peripheral nerves which sends the, the signal to the brain and you just instantly calms the nervous system. So it's awesome. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. And let's see with trauma too, like, and as being a, your yoga teacher and all these other things, like how do you integrate, um, like talking with him, you're saying like, you have to approach it in a certain way. Like how, how does that come about? Yeah. So sometimes if you like, if you go right into these traumatic incidences, it can actually, you know, cause that, that anxiety to, to rise. So you want to approach it at the right times. And especially before you put the needles in, you don't want to like put them into that fight or flight mode. You know what I mean? With the trauma. So yeah, I would usually you want to, you want to bring it in a little bit later, whether maybe it's not the first session or once you really build that rapport with the patients and even through yoga classes, you just want to be really careful with the wording that you're using. Um, not everyone wants to close their eyes. You know, some people have major injuries and things that they can't get into every pose. So you really have to be speaking to every type of individual that's out there and just be aware, you know, having that awareness is so, so important and huge. Um, and I think I just know so many people have experienced trauma on some level. So it's, it's very important, but, um, was, what was the other question? If you are a practitioner, like how to approach that more. So like you're saying, talk oh, yeah. Like that. yeah. Yeah. So even like with the shadow work, looking at different, different areas of the body. So like the root chakra usually correlates with like the mother womb and the parents, your home, so you can even reflect on that type of trauma through these different areas of the body. So also the pelvis is Svadhisthana. This is our sacral chakra. This is the hips, low back. So if someone comes in with different things that are happening within this area, this is anything related to, it could be sexual trauma. It could be the relationship with food. It could be passed down through generations from other, you know, from your grandparents. It could be so many different things. So really looking at that and reflecting on those different areas of the body and making them think about like their life and why they're experiencing any imbalances within that specific area. Does that make sense? 
yeah so each chakra has like um kind of like an umbrella of things that could relate to exactly different symptoms yeah and like the solar plexus is shame so when have you experienced shame in your life have your parents brought that on you has your teachers anyone and if it is like a constant thing throughout your life from a young age it could even be from like past lives honestly if you if you're into that (laughs) yeah it's crazy how much is attached to that yes yeah we, we we think it's like I used to get confused too because I'm like wait I don't feel like I'm dealing with this so I don't understand but then I would be like you talk to your family and maybe my grandma dealt with that or you get an energy reader who can go in your past life and it's like whoa like things just start to link up when you go really deep into it and it's like well why would I have to heal all that but it's because it's it's in us like it's a things get passed down and passed down until someone is ready to heal it and move through it exactly yeah so you really have to be ready and willing to do the work some people don't want to do it but it's so it's such a relief when you do do it you know it just I feel like it opens your world up and the more you heal the more aligned you are and the more things are going to flow to and from you yeah yeah it is a it is a big thing it's like yeah it can suck I guess in essence but really it's just so beautiful that you get to do that and that you get all the benefits of doing it too. And, um, I don't know. I just find, I found that the healing work is so much better than the small part of it. That sucks is so much smaller than the like amount of benefits you receive from it. Exactly. Yeah. It's worth it. So worth it. it. And I know that you have a lot of different things that excite you like me, like you have a lot of different passions. And so how do you work with all of those? Oh man, that's a hard one. <laughs> I know. I feel like I'm like going, getting into one thing and then I'm reading a book on this. I'm literally reading five books right now. It's so hard to finish them, but, um, which is weird. Cause I'm a projector you're a manifesting generator. Yeah. Usually, I don't know if project, I guess projectors and man gens, we kind of have a lot of different, we get bored quickly. Yes. But, um, yeah, I guess, how do I balance it? I don't know. I guess I just try to do a little bit each day almost, you know, I, I'm really consistent with my yoga practice. I've been trying to bring in more music, which I'm really passionate about sound healing and singing and guitar. Um, so that has been something new that I'm trying to bring into my life and make it more like a daily thing. Um, acupuncture is just what I do every day. So that's just there, but I think doing a little bit each day, I think it's good to have different passions and different interests. I don't think it's a bad thing. It kind of makes it more well-rounded, you know? I love it too. I just sometimes for sure get overwhelmed. I'm like, ah, so much I want to learn and do. (laughs) I just have to reel myself in. I think, yeah, I think the having a meditation practice, I've been doing a lot of Kapalabhati breath, which really helps me like get still and then meditate. It can be really hard to just go right into meditation sometimes. So having that breath work to get things moving and then doing whatever type of breath work you prefer, whatever type of meditation you prefer afterwards. I don't know. You have to find what's right for you. Yeah. I think that's the most important thing. It's like, we can list all these tools and stuff, but you still have to trial and error everything for yourself. Cause we're all so different and um, find something that excites you. Like I get so excited to go to acupuncture and I get so excited to go to my network Cairo and I get so excited for these different things. Um, but oh, I just started network network. I love it. Oh my God. It's so good. That's nervous system work too. So cool. I love it. 
Yeah. Magical. Okay. Well, thank you so much for this chat and how can people find you and what are you offering? Yeah. So you can find me at Dr. Kelsey Corbett.com. I'm also at Dr. or at Dr. Kelsey Giselle on Instagram. That's my IG. And you can find me. I'm actually going to be teaching yoga virtually and in person in Encinitas. So you can get your first class free. Um, you can just message me on Instagram. If you want to sign up, it will, there, there will be a link on my, on my Instagram and also on my website. So that would be, that's where you can find me. Cool. And then you're offering acupuncture, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So I offer acupuncture, um, herbal medicine consults, cupping, um, also holistic coaching online. I'm doing group, group work with that. And yeah, I'm teaching yoga and Encinitas. Perfect. I highly recommend go try her out if you're in San Diego area, North County. She's amazing. I also love your practice too, because it's not just needles. Like you incorporate oils and macubustion and cupping and like all these extra little aspects. And you're in such a vibey place, your room. Oh yeah. Love, love my new place. It's a light and space. So I know it's, I like, I like getting those type of treatments, kind of integrative healing, not just needles. Sometimes we need a little bit more, you know, more energetics. Yeah, I'm like, I don't feel like I've been to so many acupuncturists where they just put the needles in, walk away and you're just laying there for an hour. And I'm like, I don't know. It's not the same experience as um, kind of like what you do. So. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I appreciate you. And, and that's just another reminder for people too. Like if you go to an acupuncturist and it doesn't, I don't know, like you don't feel great. Like just try another one and see if you can. Um, you know you really have to, it's a trial and error process. I know I tried a lot of different people before I found one that I liked when I lived back East. And I don't know, now I know who I like to go to. There's certain people I trade with, but, um, you really have to find someone who listens, who understands you. And yeah, it's really about that relationship. I, I think. Mm-hmm. Yes. Agreed. Okay. Well, thank you so much for having me.